When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The quintessential preliminary final thriller. Craig McRae's men will go to the grand final by the margin of one point. A perfect season at the Gabba is the launching pad to the last day at the MCG. 20 years on, the Lions will again face Collingwood in the AFL grand final. SCN Fridays in the top end. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin finding a place to write your next chapter. Raf Clark, let's talk a little bit about the thrilling preliminary final last Friday night when Collingwood 8-10-58 defeated Greater Western Sydney 8-9-57. Uh, an interesting game, obviously. The Greater Western Sydney had their moments, um, but I don't know if it was that home crowd thing, the 19th man as they call it, uh, but Collingwood got the job done by a solitary point. Jordan Degoe was the star, 34 disposals and best on ground. You get the feeling that you'll need another one from uh, Jordan Degoe, another big one for the Pies to win this weekend. Yeah, definitely. And I um, definitely screaming my lungs out for the GWS Giants, <laughs> mate, that's for sure. Um, I, mean, I think I'm like most people. If you're not a Collingwood supporter, then you hate them. So. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, yeah, and like, take my hat off to the Greater Western Sydney guys and you know, Adam Kingsley in his first year as a senior coach, um, you know, to take his team all the way to a prelim and, and to only be missing out by one one kick or mm-hmm. one point in, in that regard. So, like, yeah, it's an un- un- unbelievable game. And, you know, they just never gave up the Giants and they just looked like they were going to get them in the end and you know lucky that Collingwood got a couple of little lucky calls I believe from the umpires oh, yeah. and, and what not so yeah um, there's, that's a, it's going to be exciting to watch the Giants the next few years and, and they've been there about so the last few years as well so yeah very very exciting team so what of the umpiring? It was 12 free kicks each. So the Collingwood supporters are saying, hey, those that are complaining about the umpires aren't justified in doing so. It was a, it was split down the middle. But I thought it was more probably what was let go than let what go, was paid. Yeah, that's um, one, yeah. I know that Lee Matthews had a bit of a crack at the lack of free kick being paid. And normally it's the opposite. Normally people complain that too many too free many, kicks yeah. are being paid. But it was an interesting one. Like Toby Green got his head taken head off take, a couple yeah. of times and there were a few other ones there. So... Yeah, interesting one there, Raph. Um, <laughs> Josh Kelly, 34 disposals, played very well. Lockie Whitfield, 26 touches. But the Pies were just good enough to get the job done. Um, staying on Greater Western Sydney for a little bit, do you think they can continue their form in 2024? Or is it a bit of a sugar hit this year with the new coach, Adam Kingsley? And it's a little bit harder to have that sustained success. Oh, I, didn't get, I think it's, uh, you know, the squad they've got, and they're, they're not a... They're all pretty young still. Like, you know, there's not a lot of blokes that had to retire at all. I don't think they're losing anyone. So then they might even pick up a couple of players in the yep. off season. So you know, I think they can, especially with you know the new coach. He obviously got them up and about, and I believe Kingsley um, can take them around again and hopefully get to the big dance next year. 
Mm. Bobby Hill uh, has added quite a bit for yeah, the Pies, hasn't he, with his sort of energy around the forward line, really. They have recruited quite well, the Pies, with their um, sort of players they've brought in from other clubs, like Will Hoskin Elliott, obviously no absolute superstar, but he's had a fine career since joining from GWS, just going through it really quickly. Tom Mitchell, Dan McStay, who's probably the hard luck story of this week, uh, Pat Lipinski, Oleg Markov, Jeremy Howe have all come from different clubs, so... Uh, Jack Crisp as well, and Darcy Cameron. So the list yeah. goes on. There's a lot of players um, in that Pies team that have been recycled from other clubs, haven't there, Raph? Yeah, definitely. And it's an interesting thing is out of that, out of that game, the two you know the coaches have both come from Richmond over the mm. past couple of years. Yeah. So, you know, the system they had there at Richmond, and, and you know, that's why Xavier was a wanted man from both of them um, last season before this one started. Um, yep. So, you know, he's got something to offer both of them. So... You know, don't want to keep talking about Xavier, but no, that's fair. <laughs> but you know the coaching system that they must have had at Richmond and the team. So, um, you know, there's two of them going mm. to play it in the prelim final and within a year of um, leaving the Tigers. And even behind McRae at Collingwood, you have Justin Lepich, who yes. spent a lot of time Le- at Richmond at as Richmond. well. So there's a lot of that. What is that, Raph? Is that um, the Damien Hardwick such a good? teacher and a developer of coaches himself does, does Xavier have a good word about Ra- uh, sorry about uh, Dimmer he doesn't have a good word about me but no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I don't know I haven't really sat down and, and the thing is like you know I, I'm like Xavier sort of in a way like when you when you finally catch up and you're sitting around, you don't, you don't know, so you, you don't yeah. talk footy, you talk everything else, so, yeah. you know, because that's a, that's all everyone else wants to talk to him about. So, yeah, I tend to sort of leave it alone, and if he brings it up, then you know, I'll continue on with it. But yeah, I think um, you know the, the team that Dimmer put together, and you know, you can see, you know, I think even just a Richmond setup, like you know, the, the games I went to over the past couple of years, um, you know, just because the, they've got the punt road. You know, it's just there, the clubhouse, and when they finish the games, all the families and yep. all the players are back there together, and they sit, get to hang out after the games. And you know, you, my days at St Kilda, you, when you once you played, um, wherever you played, you, you you know did your ice bath and your shower, and you go home, and you wouldn't be catching up with all your teammates and their families and and whatnot. So yeah. you know, that's that's something I really stood out for me for Richmond, and, and you know, you get to meet all the assistant coaches, and they all in the same room having a chat, and they all know each other's family. So it's like a a real big, strong family culture there at Richmond. Um, yeah. So whether that's got anything to do with it, um, uh, from my point of view, I was like, geez, I would have loved this when I was playing footy. So Yeah. Yeah, and no doubt that's why Greater Western Sydney and Collingwood are reaping the benefits and, uh, you know, Adam Kingsley's Adam doing Kingsley's, a great yeah. job under in his new role. Hey, let's talk about their skipper, Toby Green, was also named captain of the All-Australian team. 66 goals. Uh, impressive again against Collingwood without dominating in the preliminary final. He has had an amazing season. Any debates for you about whether he should have been the All Australian captain, or is that just a, a worthy award? No, I reckon yeah, worthy award. Um, he's one of my favourites. I like watching the way he plays. I think a lot of people hate the way he plays, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's he's exciting, and you never know what he's going to do. But you know, he might accidentally kick someone in the head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you never know. But yeah, no, I, I've got a lot of uh, respect for Toby, and um, yeah, I, I definitely love the way he goes about it. So yeah, well deserved. Yeah, and yeah, good to see. Uh, it would have been nice to see Toby play this weekend, but oh well, he'll um, he's already played in one grand final. Yeah, and I'm sure he'll be back there before his career ends. Um, the thing is, though, like, you know, with Collingwood, if we're, you're talking about, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about GWS, but the Collingwood mm-hmm. side have been the best side all year, so you yeah. know, you definitely thought they would have been in the, in the last day in September. So you know, the, they've lived up to it, and you know, to the Collingwood group themselves, you know, they what do they lose only three or four games for the year, so mm-hmm. an extending season themselves. So 
one more to get the big job done. And um, yeah, yep. um, all the Collingwood supporters churning in. Um, well done to your side. And yeah, 100%. it's um, Michael Carter will be jumping out of his skin this week. So he's, he's <laughs> a, I think I had him. He was probably the first one to text me. Then Joey Bell was oh, yeah. the next one. They Go all thought texts. I could get um, tickets for a Collingwood Grand Final. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, gee, why not? You're a connected man, right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. It would have been a crazy environment at the MCG uh, last Friday night. Ninety-seven thousand six hundred and sixty-five. I would say about ninety-seven thousand six hundred and sixty of those uh, were Collingwood supporters. Um, probably about five GWS supporters tucked a lot of up orange, um, orange highlighted uh, the the high vis. Yeah. Out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also good to see Nick Dacos back in. There were a few, not question marks, I think he was always going to come back in, but a lot of queries about where his fitness was at. Didn't look like his absolute dynamic best, but if you look at the stats, 28 touches, six clearances, um, that's a good enough game in anyone's book, let alone a 20-year-old who's had a fantastic <laughs> season. So good to see Nick Dacos back in. We do like it when the good players are playing. He'll have to win a Brownlee one day for sure, wouldn't he, Raph? Yeah, if you're going on a, the Brownlow medal count on Monday night, then he's definitely in the <laughs> the youngest, you know, mm-hmm. highest vote for, you know, second-year player, um, youngest player to have that many votes already. So, yeah. you know, it's only going to get better. And, um, yeah, the umpire and probably going to favour him a bit more. <laughs> Vote-getting machine. Let's talk about the other game. So Brisbane Lions, 11-13-79, defeated Carlton, 9-9-63. That was up at the Gabba. A really interesting one, uh, this one, Raph. I was watching the first, like, every everyone was and obviously Carlton had a great start um, Lions conceded the first five goals of the game but were then able to outscore the Blues 78-32 from the 24th minute mark of the first term I thought Harris Andrews was excellent with his intercepting Darcy Gardner uh, playing his first game since round 13 had a big big job on the Coleman medalist Charlie Kerno, but he was up to the task keeping Kerno to just the one goal Connor McKenna and our boy Kadeen Coleman who we'll talk about a lot the territory boy um, gave the Lions plenty of run and dash that set up most of their scores. I thought Coleman was best on ground, and I think that was a pretty pretty commonly held view throughout the week. It was his best game of his career, and you know, rising to the occasion. Imagine having your best game in the prelim in probably Brisbane's most important game of the last couple of decades. So great to see Kadeen Coleman shine on the big stage there. What was your thoughts on this game? Yeah, it was a very interesting first quarter, wasn't it? I, yeah. I went down to the beach trying to watch it a few mates, and you know we we're all going for Brisbane, and you're sitting there going, "Jeez, <laughs> hopefully um, they pull their finger out soon." And sure enough, they did. And it's almost like that week off. Sometimes it, um, mm. you know, it has its um, effects, and it looked like that was what, what was the case. So Brisbane took a quarter to get going because of the you know missing out last week, and the fresh legs come home really, very strong. And yeah, and good to see um, you know. Coleman off that back line but even like Connor McKenna like those yeah. <laughs> the, even the goalie kick you know pushing up from a half back line and those two just seem to cut everything off through the middle mm-hmm. um, but then Coleman's finishing with that left foot you know <laughs> hitting down two and those forwards come and lace out like yeah two blokes they didn't have to pay much for either Connor McKenna obviously a former Essendon player uh, and then went back home to Ireland came back and Brisbane got him cheap and then Kadeen Coleman, who was a part of the Brisbane Lions Academy. He was selected in the national draft because a bid came by Essendon. Essendon wanted Coleman, but uh, the Lions obviously stuck with him. But still, both those players now performing like first-round draft picks, you know, getting top couple of players in the preliminary final win. So they would be very, very happy with their return. Let's talk about Kadeen Coleman. What do you know about Kadeen? So 
I met Kadeem when he was playing reserves for the Darwin Buffaloes, and it always sort of confused me why he wasn't playing in the Premier League. And I don't want to make this too dramatic. It wasn't a case of him, you know, regularly playing in the reserves and putting his hand up and getting turned down and banging on the door and stuff like that. I think he was based in Queensland and was just visiting family and didn't really care too much about whether he was playing Premier League or reserves. But um, I thought... Buffaloes would take the decision out of his hand and say, hey, look, you're too good to be playing yeah, at this yeah. level. Just play at the Premier League for the couple of games that you're here. I know you can't qualify for finals, but we can't be having you running around on Oval 2. So, um, yeah, that's that's Kadeen. And then, obviously, I heard he was playing really good footy at Morningside not long after that period and watched really closely to see whether he could sort of elevate himself into draft contention. That eventually happened. Um, as we said, he was picked up by the Lions and then made his debut the following year. And then sort of since then, it's just come on in leaps and bounds. And now I think he is unanimously regarded as definitely a top-line player in his position in the competition. Yeah, definitely, and um, you know that that confidence he, he seems to just keep growing and growing. Mm. Um, you know, the half back line—it's obviously my favourite position. And you know, once you, you can um, cut the ball off and read, and especially if your you, your opponents having um, nil effect and not kicking goals on you, mm. but you're you know you're creating and and setting up attacks off the other up the other end, and especially having you know inside fifties um, putting in deep to your um, key forwards and they're kicking goals from it. It's yeah, it's a damaging, damaging um, spot, and it's so good to see he's confident, growing. And uh, after last week, um, you know, I, I jumped on him straight away for my um, best on ground. So mm. <laughs> if he gets, you know, seven or eighteen touches off half back and, and sets up a couple of goals and maybe kicks one himself, yeah, um, that's a that's a day out for a halfbacker. Well, it'll be interesting to see whether Colling would try to put the clamps on him a little bit with someone like uh, maybe like a Bo McCreary or something and have that reverse tag, the old forward tag, um, to stop that drive from the halfback. Because if that drive from McKenna and Coleman and those players, Harris Andrews, as we spoke about uh, with his intercepting, Darcy Gardner played a good role. If that drive didn't come from Brisbane's defence, I don't think they'd win that game of football. Yeah. I don't think their midfield was playing good enough on the weekend. And I don't know if their forward line was functioning well enough. I don't think Charlie Cameron had his best game. Um, you know, and Joey Herb was, was, you know, had his moments and that, but it wasn't a dominant sort of performance. Yeah, I think, I think the one that um, definitely stood out as well and his impact on the game for another territory boy was um, Bailey. Yeah, that, he's he's impacting the midfield, that young strong body, and it just seemed like no one was going with him. Yeah, um, six clearances. Yeah, he he was he was very dominant. And, you know, sitting down talking to Xavier the last few days, and he was like, oh, "I'm I'm backing Zach Bailey and for mm. a, a best on ground." And I was like, "Yeah, you know, that's bloody true." And then just his strength and his attack going forward, like he's 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 just he's like, almost like a, a rainer, like with that yeah. power. So. Yeah, another territory boy, and hoping you know all the best for him. And he he was awesome last week too for the Brisbane Lions. So mm. yeah, good to see. They have so many unorthodox forwards to match up on. Like if you send someone to you know Zach Bailey and put the clamps on him, then you got Cam Rayner who might bob up. Uh, Charlie Cameron, no one's going to forget about him. Um, you know, and then they have their talls, Joe Danaher and Eric Hipwood, who are like very tall. They're not just tall forward; they're you know 205 yeah. centimeter plus, which creates a bit of an awkward matchup. So, um, and then Lincoln McCarthy always seems to bob up and kick a couple of goals. So, yeah, um, yeah there's it's an interesting forward line. No wonder it functions. Generally, it functions very well. The Lions, and it'll keep uh, Collingwood on their toes this weekend. How did you see? Um, uh, what's his name? Charlie? Uh, no, not Charlie. Um, yeah. Cameron, <laughs> Charlie one? Cameron. Cha- yeah, like he just looked too nervous. Like oh, he looked last like weekend. yeah, like those couple of shots he had on goal. And yeah, when he went for the left foot snap, and I was like, "What's he? What's he doing?" He's like, "Oh yeah." And he, and it, he kicked it like twenty meters. Like, yeah, he just looked like he was 
I don't know, like he mm. had too many red bulls and was just like <laughs> up and about and shaking and like yeah, he, he just didn't look settled. And for a bloke who you know p plays on his confidence and and whatnot, like I, I was like, oh geez, hopefully this is you know just a one off because if he if he plays like that this week or tomorrow, sorry, he's he's going to struggle again. So mm. a bigger crowd and <laughs> whatnot. So hopefully he bounces back and you know when he's up and about, like I think the last couple of times he played against Collingwood, he kicked six or seven goals. Yeah. So. If he brings that performance, then he's definitely winning a medal. 100%. I think, um, yeah, they well, he can't look jittery tomorrow. Brisbane will need a focused Charlie Cameron because, as you said, he has a great record against Collingwood. And I think if the Lions are going to get the job done tomorrow, it will be on the back of Charlie's performances. So, yeah, of course. The other thing that I want to talk about before we move on from that game is the performances of Sam Walsh. So he has that link to the Territory, obviously. He spent four or five years as a young fella in the Territory. He's represented the Northern Territory before, so we'd like to throw our support behind him. He was the runaway leader, probably still is, without looking at the stats, of the um, Gary Ayres medal, which is for the best player in the whole final series. So Sam Walsh has been excellent uh, in the last couple of weeks. Sort of had an interrupted preseason, which Robbie and I spoke about on the show last week. But his last few weeks... His just leadership. He's looked like the main guy in that Carlton midfield, and obviously that's a no easy feat with Crypt and Chera and a bunch of others yep. in there. But 33 touches again uh, on the weekend. Just about uh, just about the best player running around at the Blues at the moment. He is a great player to watch, Raph. Yeah, definitely. And you know, he's like you said, he's only he's still pretty young. He's only what four yeah. or five seasons in. So yeah, 23 years old. He he's he's just going to get better and better. And you know, when you got someone like Crips to, to go side by side with you, it's a, it's a dangerous duo there. So. Carlton, yep. they got a, a good couple of years ahead of him, I think, with that group. Of course, in Charlie Kernow's form, he was well, he's a two-time Coleman winner now. Held to just one goal per game in the three finals that he played. Played on Tom McCartan from Sydney, Stephen May from Melbourne, and Darcy Gardner from the Lions last weekend. What lesson will Charlie take from this, underperforming in finals? Yeah, it's a, it's a sort of a hard one. Like it's almost like I don't know whether the other the tall forward didn't really help him out enough, or mm. you know, it's it's always hard to watch when you only can see what's on the screen when you can't see what's happening behind the play. And you know, from a like up up top like a higher point yeah. of view and seeing blokes block for each other or crossing over and. Yeah, whether it's um, his work rate needs to probably get better and he gets up the ground and loses a forward uh, mm. or loses his defender and pushes back hard, like that's how uh, Rewalt used to play and the hard work sort of forward, but he's more of a stay-at-home, you know, lead, lead full forward. So it's an interesting one. So, yeah, I don't know, maybe. Are you happy with, yeah, are you happy with that partnership to... with Harry Mackay? Do you think that the Blues could consider trading that asset or do you think you just pair them up? Oh, I think you pair him up. I think you just need to work on Mackay and just get that goal kicking sorted. Because if he, you know, if you put a, you know, you're not your best defender on him and he kicks seven or eight, then mm. you know you got you got two headaches in the forward line, and especially two key big men like that. So, you know, and it definitely gives Jesse Motlop, you know, who who played an awesome season in yeah. his first year, you know, to play in a prelim. Um, you know, shout out to Jesse, another darn boy. Um, yeah, he. He he's going to come and leave some bounds as well, so yeah, yeah he's um he'd be happy to have those two big key men to to, to rival for the next couple of years as well. No, one hundred percent. 
SEN Fridays in the Top End. Remember to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SEN Top End. The full shows and interviews are also available on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts under Fridays in the Top End. And the SEN Roll Call. Do not forget that. Text us now. Let us know where you're listening and how you're listening. And ask us a question. Let us know your thoughts as well. We can read those out about tomorrow's grand final, NRO or AFL. If you have a local footy question, an NTFL question, Raph and I always love answering those. Um, and send them through too. If we miss it this week, the guru will get his sink his teeth into them next week as well. So the SEN Roll Call, that is 0426-307-269. That's 0426-307-269. Stay with us. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your listing.